Welcome to the official podcast of Oklahoma Next Gen Leaders. This podcast exists to empower the next generation of leaders through intentional mentorship. In this episode, we will be hearing from Pastor Jason Sharp. Now, before we get into this episode, there's a few things that I need you to do. I need you to subscribe to this podcast wherever it is that you listen, and make sure to follow us on social media. This way you can stay up to date on fresh content and brand new episodes. Now, Jason Sharp is the pastor of Calvary Christian Center in Dell City, Oklahoma. He's also served as the Section 6 youth leader for eight years. Pastor Sharp has his associate's degree in business and is one of the next-gen leaders. Some people measure success through accomplishments and performance. But in this episode, Pastor Sharp is going to discuss how God measures success. I cannot wait to share this episode with you. So let's jump in. Man, it is so good to be with everybody on the Next Gen team. Excited about what God has. Looking forward to amazing 2020. I'm sure God is already moving in your life and just expecting great things to come. So thankful for the Hughes and their passion and their burden to see the next generation of leaders become everything that they're supposed to be. And I'm also really excited to be a part of the Next Gen team. It's quite a team. And they're doing a great job. Got a good bunch of people that are really just passionate about the things of God. It's excited to be a part of something like that. I'm going to go to Jeremiah 9.23 to open this thing up and read a couple of verses. It says, Thus saith the Lord, Let not the wise man glory in his wisdom, neither let the mighty man glory in his might. Let not the rich man glory in his riches. But let him that glorieth glory in this, that he understandeth and knoweth me, that I am the Lord which exercise loving kindness or mercy, judgment and righteousness in the earth, for in these things I delight, saith the Lord. This is quite an interesting verse because a lot of people measure their success by tangible Metrics. So you might measure your success through accomplishments or um, things that you've learned. And there's nothing wrong with success and measuring success in these ways, except that God says if you're going to get excited about something, and that word glory really means to be like just crazy about something, if you're going to get really passionate, excited about something, don't get excited in how many people. Uh, follow you. Don't get excited in um, how strong you are or how much wealth you have. Get passionately excited. If you're going to get passionately excited, get super excited in this, that you understand and know who God is. And so this is a concept that really the world doesn't grasp because the world is all about what you can see on the outside. And God's saying, I'm more interested in what I can see on the inside of your spirit. And so he measures success a completely different way. Some glory in their measures of success. But God says, I measure not what you can do for me, but I measure your relationship with me. He says, 
uh, I measure that you understand and know me. I glory, be ex- get excited about these things because this is what I'm excited about. I love mercy. I love justice or judgment. I love righteousness. And anyone that gets excited about those things is after my heart. So how does God measure and what does he expect of us? You know, if you've ever been on a job, you've probably had to do a performance review. And, um, you know, what are your goals? What are your accomplishments? Uh, what have you done is basically what it boils down to. What am I paying you for? And uh, so we oftentimes put a high value on the things that we have accomplished, things that we've done. Um, Jesus told the Pharisees, he said, I want you to go figure out what this means. I'll have mercy and not sacrifice. First of all, what does that mean? You know, he's quoting a scripture from Hosea in the Old Testament, Hosea 6 and 6, and it says, you know, I desire mercy and not sacrifice. And then he says, I am not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. I didn't come to call the righteous. I didn't come to call people that had it together or they they had figured out how to do everything. But I came to call the people that really didn't have it together to repentance. And this is interesting because he he turns around Hosea and he says, I don't want mercy. Uh, I want mercy and not sacrifice. And I want the knowledge of God more than burnt offerings. God shows us what his true desire is. He reveals that repentance or a turning to God, a knowing God, a relationship with God is of greater value than sacrifice. You know, I, I think it's interesting because in the Old Testament, you know, uh, man, they offered a lot of sacrifices. There was a lot of bloodshed. There was a lot of bulls, a lot of goats, a lot of things that they killed on the altar. And every one of those sacrifices was not about how much blood or how much sacrifice or how valuable your sacrifice was. Although there were, you know, requirements of what to bring, God wasn't relishing and reveling in the amount of blood that was shed. The sacrifice was actually God's way of being able to restore, reconcile relationship. Because the whole purpose of the sacrifice was to forgive sins. And repentance, the whole purpose of repentance is not to make somebody fall on their face or give up something precious or turn from wickedness just for the sake of turning or, or the, for the sake of the act or the doing, but rather the end goal is God wants to fellowship with us. He wants a relationship with us. Now, how many sacrifices have you sacrificed? You know, it's like, well, I, I offered a thousand bulls yesterday. You know, I, I uh, gave a tremendous offering. I'm just, you know, we can become so exalted or lifted up or proud of our achievements or our sacrifices in God. But God says, you, you guys missed the whole point. You missed the point of the sacrifice. The sacrifice had nothing to do with how much sacrifice you made. It was about me. 
and relationship. And God says, the point of sacrifice is mercy. In Revelations 2 and 2, you're probably familiar with the church of Ephesus. It was a great church. In fact, probably all of us would like to have been a part of the church at Ephesus. It was the it was the going church. I mean, they had it together. They had they had this the processes streamlined. They um, they really were rocking. Um, they were accomplishing a lot. They were getting a lot done. In fact, God even told them. He said, "I know your works. I have I am taking tabs on what you guys are doing, and you guys are working very hard. I know your labor. I know your patience. I know how much you can't bear people that are evil." And how you've tried those who are not apostles, who say they're apostles and they're not. You found them to be liars. You're exposing everything that's false in the church. I mean, you guys have got the pinnacle of of churchdom down. You are just churchy to the core. You know what you're doing. You've borne. You've put up with a lot. You've got patience. You have, for my name's sake, labored and you've not fainted. You are doing so much. Nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee, because thou hast left thy first love. I got a problem, guys. You're doing all this stuff, but why are you doing it? And then he says, remember, therefore, from whence thou art fallen and repent. Turn back to me and do the first works. Well, what are the first works? He said, you left your first love. Or else I'll come unto thee quickly and will remove thy candlestick out of his place, except thou repent. Now, this is this is a pretty serious charge. How many is it possible to serve God and be lost? Is it possible to do all the right things and not be saved? You know, they came to Jesus. Did we not do many mighty works in your name? Did we not cast out devils? And he's going to say, depart from me, you workers of iniquity. I never knew you. I never knew you. Now, we've read in several places here about the word, the knowledge of him, the understanding of him. That word know doesn't just mean you know about God, but it means that you have an intimate relationship with God. And so God's not interested here in a, in, a, in a kind of a casual, you know, of him. Everything we do at the core, when you pull the layers back on our serving the Lord, and you pull back the gifts of the Spirit, and you pull back the works that we do for God, the things that we do, when you... When you, if you were to peel the onion skin back and you were to pull the layers back at the very core of what we do, it's motivated, it's driven by the engine, the passion, the fuel, the fire, the desire is 100%. I'm in love with Jesus. He said, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. Not if you keep my commandments, it shows uh, that everyone that you love me, it's if you love me out of love, everything good happens. In fact, Jesus says here that love takes you to a higher place. He says, repent because you've fallen. Remember 
from where you fell. So our relationship with God actually takes us up to a high. And that high has tremendous results. But it's when we start putting all of the value on the results and the efforts and the things that we're doing and we're seeing God working and we're seeing things happen and and people are getting saved and and you know we're we're building the kingdom of God and we're seeing all of this stuff God says what got you there was love if now your metric or measurement of success is based on how much you're accomplishing for me and you've forgotten me I mean, how, how can how can that even happen well you know if you think about first love, we probably all had a first love. But it's all you can talk about. It's it's that it's that phase, and I hate to call it infatuation, but there's a lot of people can understand or relate to that. It's just that phase where you're just consumed, man. You don't you don't think right. You really kind of you lose your mind. I mean, you kind of lose lose uh, you know reason, and you lose anything reasonable. It's kind of like you just. You're passionate. You're you're in love. Oh my goodness. The desire you're pursuing is like all you can think about, all you can consider. You're you're looking forward to to spending time. Time is not an issue when you're in love. It's like whatever I got to do to make time. I remember uh looking back at my life when I first uh had this passion for the Lord. It was like prayer, man. That was that was the highlight of my day. I could not wake wait to wake up and spend time with Jesus. And and that's that's what I want to be all the time. That's where my life is even now. I'm I've I have i have prayed many times over my life, really my short life. Lord, renew the burning passion in my heart for you. I never want to lose that. I never want to get to a place where I care more about what I'm doing for God than God. I, I mean, I love Jesus and I, I love doing things for Jesus, but I never want to forget Jesus. That's the whole engine behind our service and what we do. I remember no amount of church was too much. I mean, I was, I was doing 18 hours in college. I was, uh, going to church. I would show up for church right on time on Wednesday nights. I never allowed any job to take a place of my relationship with God or church or serving the Lord. And, and I, I would, I started up a prayer meeting with the young people and we started doing all kinds of things, just passionate evangelism. And, and along the way, I can remember that I looked back and I, I was doing so much and I was starting to think, Man, I'm doing so much for God. And it was like the Lord convicted me and he brought me back to that place. And he said, you know, what I'm really interested in is just you. I'm not really interested in how much you can do. I want to spend time with you. And over and over in my life, I've watched seasons where Jesus has brought me back to that place where Ephesus was. And he said, I want you. I'm not interested in all the stuff you can do. That's all good. That's fine and dandy. Don't get rid of it. Don't throw everything out. Just fall in love with me again. It's amazing how when I fall in love with Jesus again and how I'm sure you've experienced that it puts new life back into what we do. Our serving becomes joy again. 
it's not it's not a drudgery it's not a a task to be performed now it's everything i'm doing for the lord remember one time we were doing a remodel around the church and i was uh, one of the gentlemen was wanting to put some doors in the church help out since that's what he did and he said you know i, I can get all this done i said well you know what i really want to help you with this i'd like to pay you and uh, i appreciate you doing it he said pastor i'm not doing it for you and i kind of looked at him <laughs> he said i'm doing this for the lord i'm not doing it for you uh, for you and when he said that it just made me feel so right inside i thought you know that kind of passion is what builds the kingdom of god the kingdom of god is not built on people that are forced labor slaves or required to do things it's built on relationship because when you love this thing you'll do whatever it takes you'll go to the ends of the world you'll sell yourself sacrifice yourself give yourself deny yourself take up your cross no price is too high when it's about love and he said if you love me you'll do everything i ask now that's what it's all about nothing's too much the gifts of the spirit they're they're an outflow of love you've got 1 Corinthians 12 you've got 1 Corinthians 14 and you see the manifestation of the gifts in operation in the church but right smack in the middle of it at the core is Paul says you can have all the gifts you can have all the knowledge you can have faith you can move mountains if you don't have love what good was all of the stuff if at the end of your life you look back and you've got a pile of waste behind you of of people that have been hurt of things of situations where you pushed through and plowed through and did only what you want rather than pleasing Jesus and helping people in the process anything we do for God should be an outflow of our love for him because the second commandment's like to it love your neighbor as yourself you know in Micah 6 and 8 he says he hath showed thee o man what is good and what doth the lord require of thee to and and don't take me wrong here because i love what we do i'm passionate about it because i feel like it's an outflow and expression of my love but it's not how well we perform our tasks at church i'm a man, I, i'm after excellence and and if you've ever been around me i pursue excellence with a with a tenacious desire i want to i want to excel and do my very best but he says here this is what god requires of you not a bunch of work but to do justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with thy god mind of the song let me walk with you jesus don't ever leave me alone for without you i could never never make heaven my home if i'm going to spend forever with him i think the appropriate way to live now would be to spend my now with him i want a fresh renewed and passionate relationship with Jesus 
the closest thing the priest could do in the tabernacle to get to God was to walk right up to that veil. And there was an altar of incense which gave a continual incense before God. What was feeding the fuel of the incense? The fire of the incense came from the altar of sacrifice. And the altar of sacrifice wasn't what God was interested in. It's just that God was interested in a relationship with humanity. And God can't fellowship with darkness. He can't fellowship with sin. And so the only way he could fellowship with us is provide a way of restoration. And he was making reconciliation, reconciling the world to himself. And through the sacrifice, he could place the sins on another man, Jesus. And he died and his sacrifice allows us to enter in boldly to the throne room of grace. You know, it's all about relationship. All the things we do, all the things that we sacrifice, all the things that we give up, if you will, it's about being holy. I want to be holy. I want to fellowship with a holy God. And that altar of incense represented prayers because those prayers of the saints are the incense that come up before God. And so our closest daily walk with him is going to be our daily prayer with him in the holy place. I want the most passionate relationship that I can possibly have with Jesus. It's my desire, and I believe it's your desire. And if we would do an examination, I believe we could come back to a place of repentance, which really, if you just break it down, just means turning back to God. It, repentance is not an admission of, of horrible things. It's a, it's a humility in saying, God, I want to walk with you every day. I want to talk with you. Don't ever leave me alone. Because my desire is one of these days to make heaven my home. You know, when Jesus walked this earth, he taught us a lot about relationship. He said, when you pray, start out by praying, Our Father. It begins with relationship. And a father is really nothing but love. Anything he does, is, it's out of love. It's out of unconditional love. You cannot, you cannot earn it because of what you've done. And, and therefore, if you do wrong, you don't lose it. It's the kind of love that says, I love you no matter what you do, no matter what you face, no matter what mistakes you make. I love you. And as a result, I'll tell you what you're doing wrong. Because I'm trying to mentor, protect, develop you, give you responsibility, show you mercy. I'm devoted. You know, the first thing you do is you, you mentor sons. You develop them. You train them. You're constantly raising them up. Why? Because fathers are love. And here we are, born into the church, virgin bride. And if you don't think a virgin can have a baby, just look at Mary. Only the true body of Christ comes from a virgin. And that relationship between the Spirit and the church 
and the word of God is born in us and we become flesh and we flesh out the living word without a loving relationship with our father we become wild unchecked and without that love it's really the true motivator it's not fear it's not a terror that says if i do wrong god's going to come down with a hammer and beat me up no it's that desire to please my father that's what i'm after i believe that's what you're after and i believe that when we truly find this place of powerful passionate relationship with the lord he begins to reveal things to us the bible says in matthew says in the beatitudes jesus is on the mountain talking to his disciples and he said the pure in heart shall see god what i believe that's telling us is when we reach this place where our desires are to be pure holy like he's holy he begins to unclothe or to reveal himself he begins to pull back the layers and rather than us just seeing god as others may have seen him or we saw him in the past we begin to see something closer more dear to his heart and he begins to reveal himself he said can i hide from abraham the thing which i'm about to do relationship looks like obligation god's saying i i'm obligated to share things he gets naked with this he begins to reveal and become transparent that's what relationship does it's it's not all about the things i'm doing it's about understanding and knowing him it's a place where god feels obligated to reveal things to us and how many of you god has revealed future things he's shown us dreams visions why because he feels obligated to his people i want to show you what's to come there's many times god's shown me my future why he loves us it's like you're my friend i i can't hide something from a friend you know ephesus you're doing good but i want you to remember where you fell from you left your first love there was a time in my life where god just kind of came to me and i kind of had to give everything up you know he, he told abraham he said give me your son and this is what abraham's lived for okay he's he's lived for god followed god all these years 25 years for a son but then god turns around he's like hey abraham why don't you give me that thing that you followed me for all these years and abraham didn't hesitate he didn't have to think about it he didn't have to pray a week over it he just made up in his mind all right it's a done deal and he gave his son and god provided but what was the whole purpose of that encounter and that request it wasn't the sacrifice that god was interested in because shedding blood is not exciting to god it was the relationship and god says now i know that you won't withhold your most precious thing from me you know what god knew abraham loves me more than he loves his son and oftentimes we go after god because we're after 
the things God can do for us or, or, or something. And there's nothing wrong with that. Like a carrot in front of the dog keeps a move in the right direction. But that wasn't what God was really interested in. And then God gave him his son back. When we go after God, it's like we finally get to the place where we realize it's not about the stuff. It's about the relationship. And when you seek first the kingdom, the stuff comes. So glad that I could spend some time with you talking about our relationship with Jesus. And I hope that you find some time today, tonight, tomorrow morning to get alone and just to renew the time, the passion, the burning desire, the first love. Do the first works. Find a place to pray and get as close to him as you can possibly get. And I believe that in time, you're going to see God add everything to your life that you desire. Next Gen, I'm praying for God to give you increase this year. Praying for God to double you. Lord, I'm asking that you would let a doubling faith rest upon us. Lord, help us to believe that our relationship with you can be twice as strong, twice as impactful, twice as fruitful. Let there be a hundredfold increase on the lives of your people as we sell everything. Lord, I pray that our relationship with you would be the focus and the attention of everything we do. We love you, Jesus. We thank you for this time, and we give you all the praise in Jesus' mighty, wonderful name. God bless you all. Thank you for listening to this episode. In our next episode, we will be hearing from Pastor Jason's wife, Stephanie, on how vision is vital to our future. Make sure to follow us on social media and subscribe to this podcast. And please leave a review wherever it is that you listen so that we can reach more people with this content.